You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by Tim Pollard. Tim is the leader for the Kids Explore the Bible team. So, Tim, thank you for being with us today. Hey, you're super welcome. We're going to be looking at session four for our spring 2021 study of Luke 10 through 24. This week's study, we're looking at Luke 19, 29 through 40. We've, we've kind of moved some things around so that we could be looking at the triumphant entry on Palm Sunday. So that's one reason you're going to see this lesson kind of out of order with everything else that we're doing with our study of Luke. But let me just walk through the passage here. Verses 29 through 34. In those verses, we see Jesus send two of his disciples to secure a young donkey. He gives them specific directions about what to say if asked about taking the animal. The two disciples, they obey obey Jesus. They find the, the young donkey, just as Jesus has described, and the owner asks them about taking the animal. They tell the owner exactly what Jesus told them to say, which that the Lord needed the donkey, and that seemed to ease everything, and they were on their way. We've entitled that particular point in the outline, Obey, and the main idea there is that Jesus provides everything we need to worship him. In verses 35 through 38, we find clothes being placed on that donkey and Jesus getting on top of the donkey to ride it. He makes his way towards Jerusalem, and as he does so, people spread their clothes on the path, and they begin to praise him loudly, breaking out in song. We've entitled that particular section, verses 35 through 38, Praise, and the main point is that believers should worship Jesus for the works of God they have seen. The last section, verses 39 through 40, some of the Pharisees that are seeing all this happen, they ask Jesus to rebuke his disciples for their worship of him. Jesus responds by letting them know that stones would cry out if the crowd was silent, and he's quoting Habakkuk 2.11. A point you want to make there is that the issue is not the style of their worship or the location of their worship, but that rather that Jesus himself is being recognized as God, and that's the issue they have. We've entitled that particular section of our outline, Worthy, and the main point is that Jesus is worthy of worship as Lord of all of creation. So those three points that we're looking at this week are Jesus provides everything we need to worship him, believers should worship Jesus for the works of God they have seen, and Jesus is worthy of worship as Lord of all creation. And that all ties to the main summary statement, which you find on the first page of the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide for this particular session, which is Jesus is worthy of our worship and praise. So Tim, let's talk about some of the questions we anticipate we might get asked as we prepare for this particular lesson. That first one I'm going to bring up here is, how did Jesus know where the colt was? Do you think that's a worthy or unworthy rabbit to be chased during the the Bible study time? I mean, I think that's probably a worthy rabbit to chase. Um, uh, Obviously, the answer is he knew where it was because, well, he's God. So uh, (laughs) there are some people that question it. uh, That's true. But so, uh, you know, he he knew exactly where it was. But that 
it's just one of the other examples that scripture is full of, uh, of um, things that Jesus asked his disciples and others to do um, with the full knowledge of what was going to happen. Um, you know, we're, we're teaching this same story um, in kids explore the Bible on that same week. And one of the things, you know, that we're trying to help boys and girls to understand is that, um, you know, God asked or Jesus asked these disciples to go and to do this thing. And they were obedient uh, to his command. They did exactly what he asked them to do the way that he asked them to do it. And I think what's kind of cool about that is, you know, these disciples had spent at this point now three years uh, walking with Jesus and, and had probably over the course of those three years heard some pretty odd requests. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah sure. Jesus. So so they probably weren't surprised when Jesus said, Hey, go into this town and you're gonna find a donkey tied up. So go grab that donkey and bring it back to me. <laughs> and then he said, and if the guy asks you about it, just say the the master needs it. Oh, and Lord then the guy asked him about it and they respond that way and I guess they shouldn't have been surprised that it worked, you know? <laughs> but, um, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, you know, there, there might not be some people who do believe that. So that's why, I mean, it certainly is something worthwhile for you to, to engage in discussion about uh, Jesus being fully God and fully human. And, and I tell people, you know, when we try to teach that to children, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard concept for kids to understand. So, you know, it's not a surprise that adults can struggle with the same things, that, that Jesus was completely human and completely divine at the same moment. So, um. One of the things you mentioned uh, just a minute ago was about the disciples being obedient mm -hmm. to Jesus. Let's think some about the relationship between obedience and worship, because this whole passage here is about worship, but yet we mm -hmm. see obedience at the beginning. They're preparing for worship, but help us think through a little bit more that idea of that relationship between our obedience and worship. Sure. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that their obedience um, was really an act of worship. Um, so they're leading, they're preparing for worship, but not in a way that they truly understand at this point. Um, you know, events that are about to happen are, are, probably not what they're anticipating uh, when they're walking down the road to go and, and find this donkey. Uh, but because um, they completely trusted Jesus at this point, you know, we, we talked a few seconds ago about the fact that they had probably heard some odd requests uh, through the years. And, and this is just another example of how through all of those odd requests, now they, they truly trust what Jesus is asking them to do. Um, you know, there wasn't any question in their mind. And, and as they get ready uh, for that preparation for the worship that's about to happen, that, that is one of the ways that, that they are honoring uh, uh, Jesus uh, by listening to his commands and doing exactly what he asked. So, you know, obedience and worship are, are, are directly tied together because God wants the same thing from us. Uh, you know, when we read his commands in scripture, we... Uh, are led by the Holy Spirit to do something in our lives based on either what we've read in scripture or we've heard preached or, or, or whatever it is, or, or we just feel led to do what, what God has asked us to do. Our obedience is 
an act of worship as well. So, so their preparation, which also was part of the obedience, preparation mm -hmm. and obedience went together here. Both of those are acts of worship. Even in, even when we think about our own worship, Absolutely. how we prepare is a part of the actual act of worship. It is. Um, and that's Bible, why we need to come, we need to come to worship <laughs> with preparation beforehand, uh, or we're not going to get out of it what we need to. Yeah. The, I find myself guilty sometimes of, I got to hush, hurry up, get in there, get my seat and, and not stopping and thinking, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to hear today? What is it you want me to see? Uh, how do I be obedient to you in how I approach this time of corporate worship with the rest of the, of the body of believers that I call my local church. Sure. And, and I'll equate the same thing to, to preparation before teaching. Um, you know, when I teach my kids Sunday school class, um, you know, I, I make preparations beforehand um, so that when the kids get there, there are no other distractions that are, that are going on. You know, we have, at most 45 minutes to, to fully engage them in Bible study. And, you know, we want to make sure that each and every moment of that is, is done in a way that, that is impactful for them and helps them truly to understand scripture. And it's the same way that we need to prepare before we go to corporate worship. So the Bible skill for this particular lesson points to three Old Testament passages. Zechariah 9 9, Habakkuk 2 11, and Psalm 118 26. We're encouraged to look at those and, and to compare those, look at how they relate to this passage. Why are these three passages so important to this event? Well, again, it's just the gospel writer. And, you know, Luke is, is taking the opportunity uh, that he has to uh, show how Jesus Christ fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Um, all, all of the gospel writers uh, are masterful at, at doing that and including those passages to help their readers to understand and to see how uh, the life of Jesus Christ and this event in particular, um, you know, we're studying this same passage, but out of the book of Matthew and Matthew does exactly the same thing. You know, there's a whole litany a list of fulfilled prophecy uh, in in just these few short verses uh, that well, talk see, about Matthew's writing to a, a a Jewish audience, so it would right. make sense that he would have and go to those kind of links to explain it. While Luke mm -hmm. is writing to uh, Theophilus, which is a, Jew, a Greek name, so mm -hmm. so so still, just once again, just uh, you know, reiterating the fact or or. or proving the fact that Jesus was the promised Messiah. He was the one that was promised to come through these Old Testament prophecies. And his fulfillment of those prophecies are a further indication of the fact that, that he is both Messiah and, and the Son of God. The story ends with the Pharisees questioning Jesus, really asking him to rebuke his disciples for their worship of him. And then Jesus responds by saying that the stones would cry out if they were silent. What are some ways that nature declares Jesus as creator? <laughs> well, just look around anywhere. 
<laughs> I know that's the simple answer, but yeah. in reality, you know, I love that phrase and I always have. Uh, that's been something that has always. Um, There's a shirt that a friend of mine has that wears. It says, trying to keep the rock silent in my neighborhood. There you go. <laughs> I, because the visual image that you get from that, you know, is um, you just see tiny little rocks opening up their mouths and, and, and talking about Jesus. But in reality, you know, uh, for kids, one of the things that we do, and this is a good illustration of this, one of the things uh, that is a feature in Explore the Bible Kids each week is a video series. Uh, it's called Explore the Bible on Location. And that video series is a host. So we have a host who goes to a particular location and um, uses that location as a, a launching off point or a springboard to teach the biblical truth that we're trying to get across through those particular passages. And this past week, uh, I was able to participate in several of those video shoots, but they were all outside, um, you know, and, and we're just sitting on the edge of this lake reveling in God's creation. Um, so, you know, as a human, God has given us a desire to worship. Um, and our desire can be heightened through those experiences of being out in, in what God created. Um, and that's what Jesus really is referencing when he's talking about that. You know, if these people didn't worship me, the rocks and, and all of creation already does. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was created, created for that. Uh, so they're to, waiting their turn. God's glory. They're waiting their turn. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know fact included in the personal study guide and the leader guide as well. It talks about the Mount of Olives that is on the East side of Jerusalem and that it's 200 feet above the temple mound. Hmm. So that gives you some, some perspective of, of Jesus is coming down off a mountain and going into the city. The city's in view, and so everybody can see what's going on up on that hill. So it's, it kind of gives you a different perspective that may help you uh, set, the, set the tone for what's going on in this event. Tim, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it. I always enjoy having you on here because it always helps me think through the Bible passage in a fresh way, and I, I really appreciate that, especially when we're looking at passages that are familiar to us, like the triumphant entry. You're welcome. It's always my pleasure to be here too. I want to thank all y'all for listening today. If you have any comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at dwayne.mccreary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. And I'll do my best to answer your question. If I don't know the answer, I'll try to find the right person who can answer your question. You may have questions about our kids' resources. Tim's the person to talk to there. Tim, go ahead and share with us your, your email if you don't mind. Sure, it's tim.pollard, and that's spelled P as in Peter, O-L-L-A-R-D, at lifeway.com. Thanks, Tim. Join us next week. We'll be looking at Luke 24, 1 through 12, which is the resurrection account. We'll be celebrating the resurrection of Christ on that Easter Sunday, and hope you'll tune in to listen to our podcast this next week. Thank you.